What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Flamethrowers. Shireen here. Hola. I'm here with my fave, Brenda Elsie, because we need to talk. We need to talk and not just have Twitter threads and WhatsApp messages. And we need you to also be in on this conversation. Brenda, is this conversation about the disaster that is Barcelona Football Club's finances? Is this conversation about the rampant corruption? Is this conversation about Barcagate? Is this conversation about this club needs to be held to account? What is this conversation, Brenda Elsie? Yeah, it is. It is about the painful existence of every Barca fan right now. So we can talk about on and off the pitch and either way, it is psychic pain. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, for those that don't know, Football Club Barcelona boasts and has boasted some of the arguably best players in the entire world, including the one and only Lionel Messi, for whom Brenda's cat is named. More importantly, I think it's important to understand the storied history of this club and where they are. They're one of the most powerful influencers in football in the world. And how did we get here? What is, why was, uh, you know, Josep, former president Bartomo, why was he in jail? Brenda, what happened here? This is, this is just so upsetting on so many levels. And before I begin, I just want to remind people because Bernardo Downs always interested in governance that Barcelona is still a member-owned club. So despite, you know, its contract with Qatari Airways and everything, you know, everything that is typically corporate of global football, its actual structure is member-owned. There's 140,000 members. They vote in the elections for the directorate. So Giuseppe Bartomeo uh, is the current president who has just stepped down because he was arrested this past week with CEO Oscar Grau and Roman Gomez Ponti, who is the legal director for Barcelona. So three people arrested um, basically for money laundering and defraud. And what they did is that they hired a third party company to basically troll and um, shape public opinion to have a, a, a negative impact on the rival campaigns. Barcelona is going through election season right now and to also attack some of its uh, best players, including the best player ever, Leo Messi. So they okay. actually hired a firm to make him look bad. Okay, so let me get this straight. The former president of the club, legal director, and their executive admin members hire a PR firm to make their own players look bad. And don't, don't get me wrong. There was always room for criticizing Gerard Piquet, always because I've been doing that for years. This defense kills me, kills me. However, why would they, conceptually, why did they think this was a good idea again? I imagine they believed that by making the players' problems with the board 
and with themselves look like the more of the players fault, they would have a better chance in winning the election. Messi until the last two years was relatively silent about the rampant corruption and disorganization at Barca. Um, and we can talk about how that extends to the academy, arguably the best academy of, in the world, La Masia. Mm-hmm. Um, For which he's been at, since he was 13 or 14 years right, old. Right, right. Yeah. And where so many footballers have come out of, in fact, three Ballon d'Ors in a row came out of um, because what? Javi's there. Javi was there. Yeah. Um, Messi's there. Who's the other one? Somebody else. Great. Anyway, tons Must of great. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but he wasn't at La Masia. Yeah. He um, but I mean, it was like three in a row. There's yeah. been many others, but um, so basically what I can gather is they also use this PR firm to discredit their p- opponents in the election. So it's, it's probably motivated by um, Bartomeu trying to stay in power despite Barcelona's collapse often on the field and the on the field part is just holy shit you know and yeah to have Shireen and I defend Pique is is something really strange I mean we only think he should be allowed to like exist in the public eye because of a marginally okay politics when it comes to Barcelona and its relationship with Spain and b um Shakira yeah, only reason why, actually. Um, also, you know, as somebody who has loved and who's really been able to soak up the joy of Barcelona in the last, within the last decade, you know, even post Puyol when he retired, but just Javi, Iniesta, and Iniesta, I love. I mean, I always say this that some girls want happily ever after. I just want to pass like Iniesta. He's just magician. He was a magician and a playmaker. And I mean, when you think about some of the most beautiful Ronaldinho's played there, um, just the magic and the beauty and the passion that comes out of football there. Neymar and Dani Alves together, who I always envisioned as me and Brenda celebrating, you know, after a goal. It's just, I mean, and this comes, this Barca gate comes after, just a couple months after, rather, end of January this year, a Spanish newspaper claimed that Barca is on the verge of bankruptcy, quote unquote, and reported $117 million lost, failed to play players. Like, you know, it makes you think that if a club of this magnitude is going through this, what's happening with the other clubs, but, you know, the the corruption and the mismanagement notwithstanding, there's a lot here. And I mean, I just want to shout out for those who are, you know, who have been Kool-Aid's forever, who have been supporters of Barca and this is really painful to watch. Like, I'm not joking. I'm also an Arsenal supporter. I don't know why I do this, but watching Barca was a place of seamless joy for me for a very long time. I could be guaranteed, you know, Tiki Taka style passing, you know, integral forward dynamic playmaking. And it's just ringing hollow and it's sad. And, you know, solidarity and I commiserate with other, you know, football fans out there that are seeing this demise because Brenda it's hard like what what do we do now as fans like where do we go now I don't know how to pick myself up in the last three years footballistically I mean I tried during the beginnings of COVID to look at the Bundesliga and I've tried to be really open to that and there's a lot of good stuff going on there and politically it did a better job so I tried to like throw myself into that yeah, um, that was a it, good effort. It was, it was. <laughs> and of course, like there's always women's football. Um, yes, yes. Except that it's canceled more often because of COVID because they're not a priority. But um, in the Liga Mexicana Femenil 
and some other things. But to be honest with you, I have no replacement in my life. I've been running more, um, more short-tempered. Uh, in general, it's affected almost every facet of my being because I used to feel like I wanted to watch these matches. And honestly, like today they're going to play at three. How are they even going to play at three? Like, like knowing that the club hired people (laughs) to make them look like it's bad enough that they, that they super screwed over Messi in terms of being able to leave and did this stupid clause, right. That they fired able coaches Mm -hmm. to get whatever the hell they have now which I can't even it's just like the Shireen and I were watching them the other week and we were just texting back and forth and Shireen said something like is there a formation here is there a (laughs) is there a rough idea and it's basically like I feel like they're just sitting around with like pickup sticks and just throwing them and being like okay here's where we're gonna put this and that and you know it's just such a waste of talent it's so frustrating they treated also and I know we have feelings about Luis Suarez and that's fine but trust me, they didn't treat Luis Suarez like shit because they have problems with his racism. The um, So, you know, it's a general, they've just, they've, it's a disaster. And I think that it shows on the pitch. They're just, they don't look excited. They don't look happy. And of course, like the fans have a particular role to play at a club like Barcelona. And so that I think also compounds everything. I mean, I really like what you said about it. It's like very chaotic on the pitch. And one of the things that I have always sought solace in is the fact that they're very, they have a particular style of play, a particular style of playmaking that we could rely on. So now it's like that chaotic energy doesn't work for them. They don't function. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like just last week when they were, I believe, I can't remember who they were playing and it was a Sevilla and then uh, Messi scored off the keeper in the last couple of seconds. And for a minute, there was that beautiful joy again in his face because the man looks depleted. He looks depleted emotionally. He looks depleted. Oh, yeah. Like he's just not getting the support. And I, he deserves better than this, like just so far better. Like this club is disastrous in the way that it's, it's done things. And if those of you don't know historically, and I blogged about this years ago, um, Barcelona at one time is more of a powerhouse actually dabbled into a peacemaking. Do you remember this? When they did peacemaking, they sent Leo Messi on a tour of the Middle East to go fix everything between the state of Israel and the occupied territories of Palestine. It was a disaster. I'm like, what are they doing? Barcelona clearly can't even keep its own house finances in order. And they're going, like, this was, it was such a mess. And at the time, as Brenda alluded to, Messi was a lot quieter. He's become more vocal, which is still not very vocal. He's still not like, but it's okay for different reasons. Like I remember it took Zizou decades to say anything about anything. It took like a fascist trying to get, you know, the power in France for him to actually say anything publicly. So people come in their own time. However, and you know, the stress that Messi is under must be just must be, I mean, it's harrowing to even think about how do they, how do they continue? Like they're going to play today. How, how, like, how is this going to happen? Yeah, I have no idea how they pick themselves up and go and represent a club that embezzled money in order to be able to pay for their defamation. So not only did they pay an outside firm to publicly try to humiliate and harass their players, but they did so with money that they invented. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, like I think there's a lot to be said about um, about moving forward, and I feel like they're just stuck in mud. 
and that there's a lack of vision here. And I, I don't trust the coaching. Oh, no. I don't, I don't oh, trust. No. I Why abs- was Griezmann on the bench last week? Why did Griezmann spend, what is the point of taking him on and off in these weird ass ways? Like just to mess with him psychologically, like he's already fragile there. I think maybe reserving him for a uh, champs league. No, I don't even know. I, 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 they're out of the champs league. What am I talking about? Like, uh, I don't, I don't even know, like reserving him for different, different, uh, streams of uh, of competition I don't know there like clearly there's no pattern here right and Dembele's back but what does that even mean and we want moments of joy I just I think one of the things that I'm going to say is I felt constantly let down by this team like consistently let down the only thing they've managed to achieve in my in the last couple of years has been just disappointment yeah and the only time that it seems like it works is like that occasional like you know, slap the messy cape on and do something superhuman. And then it's like, oh, our club is back. And it's like, no, it's not. You're hanging on the coattails of, you know, this one beleaguered person. And Griezmann's had some really wonderful, you know, it seemed like he was just getting into his groove before they started leaving him on the bench and in weird random times. So I have no idea. I mean, he's obviously had trouble adjusting. I felt like he did better when Suarez was out because he played, you know, a little bit more in a, in a top position, you know, he was up on top more. And I felt like even though he's coming at it from wings, he's feeling more comfortable being closer. Um, then I think Suarez kind of, you know, maybe just scared him away from the. <laughs> I mean, Possibly. It's just like, you know, I keep thinking that, like, what will it look like in two years? I mean, forget two, five years. I'm thinking, what is it going to look like next month? And I, Brendan and I talk a lot about like the technical aspect of this game and what Barca looks like in the back where clearly like Ter Stegen is, 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 is actually, you know, he's starting for Germany, but he, he's, I feel like he's alone out there. I don't, I actually do not know what the back is doing. I'm a forward. I haven't played soccer in almost a year because of the pandemic, but I know a terrible defensive strategy when I see one and the worst strategy is not to have a strategy. And I think that's actually what they're implementing at the moment because I cannot for the life of me figure it out. And there's a way I just, I, I just like, sometimes no I look at old cl- clips of Van Dyke and I just get misty. Like, like if that person right now could just come and play for Barca and show them what proper defense looks like. But it's almost like, even if you had Puyol back, even if you had Van Dyke back, even if you had all the legends back, the club is not the same. It's like literally, it's gotten to a point where it's so badly rotten from the core that it's affecting everything else around it. Because we know that sometimes trees that are rotted at root level still produce fruit, but not this. Did you like that, that, that vegetable fruit metaphor? Did you like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Um, that was fruity. <laughs> that was fresh. It's fresh. <laughs> Unlike Barcelona's defense. <laughs> <laughs> Neither fruity nor fresh. Nor natural. <laughs> it's almost, it's a counterintuitive coaching. You may say to yourself, I think this might be best. And then it's like, you know, George Costanza in Seinfeld where he thinks of a good plan. Maybe this is what he's doing. And then he, he says to himself, I'm going to do the opposite. 
of what I think is a good plan. And I think maybe that's what we're seeing. I mean, bring, pay Pep Guardiola all the money in the world to come back, please. I don't think they they can't afford Pep at this point. Then Messi has to go and play for him because this is just unconscionable. I just can't take it. Yeah. I mean, I have so many issues with Pep. Yeah. Like Brendan and I have talked about his like, you know, racism, racist apology and everything else, but Messi is not shining. And is football truly a happy place when Messi is not shining? I mean, we have to re-examine all of it, right? It's fine with me. He could go and play for Bielsa. Um, and, you know, Marcelo Bielsa, who went from Newell's old boy, you know, just to do something spirited, like do something successful or do something political, but like get the hell out of there. Because I think that place, you know what we need to do, Shereen? We need to burn it all down. We need to burn it all of it down. You heard it here, friends. I mean, I don't discount Brenda's. I think, Brenda, you should be hired by Barca. Because, <laughs> of course, they would love all of your suggestions. And um, I love how, at the beginning of this of this segment, Brenda was like, you know, we really care about governance. I can't handle, the only one who really understands governance in football is you. But, like, so I'm boring. Here, I know, I'm here for your, for the, you know, the comments and the suggestions and everything else. But also, I think one of the things that it, it concerns me about this is that we hold these places and people love and worship Barca like a religion. And there needs to be an accountability piece. And Brenda, speaking about governance, where is that accountability piece? Are their books transparent? Or is, uh, are they making statements to the public? Because it's a member-owned club. Like that's why it's Mexican club, right? It's more than a club. That's literally the motto of Barcelona. And I think the understanding of you're letting down community, you're letting down your people, you're letting everything down. That, that's what hurts the most here for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously their books are cooked and that's why they went to jail and the Federation um, and the league, La Liga will have to deal with that hopefully for a long time. But Barcelona also has um, extraordinary power and. So you wonder to yourself how much the league is actually going to be able to punish and discipline them in the way that they should. Um, but they should because it, it's it's doing a disservice to its legacy as a member-owned club. It's doing a disservice to fans and the people who work for it. And, um, you know, it's criminal. There you have it, folks. It's criminal. You can't say anything more than that. Thank you so much to Dr. Brenda Elsie. My favorite Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Shereen. That means a lot. And to everybody else out there, we offer our love and solidarity in this wretched time of football for Barcelona.